This week, the obvious question is, why do we complain? What do we get out of whining and bitching and moaning about what bothers us when most of the time we take no real action to correct it? I'm Mike Trevisano, and each week on our show, one of the hosts, Joe Patalik, Bob Meyer, or myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer, but tends to be much deeper when we really get into it. And we invite you to help us find some answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. Joining us this week, we're very happy to have with us a special guest host, Dr. Tani miller Kabala. In addition to her private clinical psychology practice at the Westchester Wellness Center in Westchester, Pennsylvania, Tani is the author of the very successful and well-regarded Weight Loss Surgery Coping Companion. Additionally, Tani recently released an album of meditations and relaxations entitled Rest and Restore, which is available on iTunes, Amazon, the App Store, and Google Play. This week, Bob asks Joe, Tani, and myself, why do we complain? And he's not talking about the formal, registered, and well-thought-out complaints, but rather the kind where we air some grievance seemingly just for the sake of dirtying the world with it. Why do we do this? One of my dilemmas is that, you know, I, I constantly follow the news and what's happening, pop culture and things like this. I'm also actively involved in my county, county and my community. Uh, in regards to, you know, things like zoning and ordinances and the homeowners associations. Um, but what I've noticed is that everybody seems to have a complaint out there. Um, you, know, you know, once in a while you see something positive on the news and, and it's like, wow, that's refreshing. But for the most part, it's, it's just garbage. Like, it's just noise. But, but somehow I'm attracted to the noise. I'm like, wow, this person's fighting with this person and they're arguing this point. And... I feel like I'm that person that kind of straddles the line. Like I can see their perspective. I can see the other person's perspective. And I guess that's why I'm in the communications field and people come to me to resolve issues. But it's incredibly frustrating to me. And it's like, so my question is, why do people bitch and complain? <laughs> like that's basically my <laughs> question. Why do they, what do you get out of this? <laughs> what? Yeah. And certainly seems to do it for the sake of you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> certainly seems that you know doing it just for the sake of doing it accomplishes nothing. But it seems that most of it is that it's just that you know. I can speak for myself when I don't like something, when something doesn't fit my picture, whatever that is. And and like you, Bob, I think I tend to see both sides of the story, but I, I always tend to favor one. I mean, I I would say I would say it this way. Well, of course I can see what you're saying here, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what. I see it, but it's not the right answer. If there's the right answer is over here, and I can see where you came to that that answer or you you know that conclusion made sense, and it even makes sense to me if I'm you. You know, if I were you, I'd see it that same way. But you know what? That's not the way to do it. It's like people that argue about, um, say, global warming. You know, I think it's fairly obvious to me that global warming is real, and I can see where other people would say no, and they have all the right situations to. And I would say that to them. I can see where you see that global warming isn't real, that it's you know, artificially made up to control the economy, whatever else. But I'm on this other side saying you're bitching, complaining about something that you shouldn't be, in other words. so But why are they doing it? I think because they have personal interest, personal gain, whether it's and it, it could be monetary, something even more important, though, is they they would lose themselves if they didn't bitch and complain. In other words, whatever it is they're standing on, if they don't win if they don't come out on the top in a sense they would disappear 
their mm-hmm. ideas would disappear. And that's all we are, right? right? A bunch of stories and ideas and stuff. And if if I'm not real, if what I'm saying is not true, then where I'm at, where am I in this? Who am I in this? Right. Do I disappear at that point? So I think yes. they basically complain to win. I think it's really simple in that sense. And and Joe, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of times people bitch and complain because there's a threat to their identity. You know, and we see this a lot right now with the the political campaign that's going on. People are bitching and complaining a lot about the other candidate because the other candidate is a threat to their identity and their values and their ideals. And that's that's a that's a big threat. So people come out bitching and complaining with a lot of with a lot of zeal because there's an identity threat there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know. It's it's been a full thirty seconds and I haven't referenced Eckhart Tolle, so I can go ahead and do that now. You know? <laughs> Get in there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but I know he's you know he he speaks pretty pretty clearly about about this, and I think in both of his books and uh, uh, and and he he sees it as a direct tie in to the ego. I mean, com- complaining has ever is just feeding the ego. You know, this is this is my dissatisfaction laid out for you, and if I can, you know. If you agree with me, that feeds it. If you don't agree with me, then then I'm the one that's against everyone, and I'm right, and you're wrong. And that feeds it too. And it all it all just feeds that collective sort of unconsciousness, <laughs> you know? Because like, really, what and Tay, you brought up an excellent point. I I'm so frustrated with this whole Trump Clinton back and forth because that I haven't heard anybody say anything of, of substance about the, the country or what they want to do on, on either side. Everything has been about the other one, you know. Personal. Uh, yeah, just su- super Identity personal. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I, it, and I agree totally. It feeds into the ego of of both sides, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they, I think that's why they do it. I think I think complaining has everything to do with with telling me, telling you who I am by what I don't like. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, Bob, Bob uh, Mike, you had quoted uh, Eckhart Tolle. I think it's time to quote Seinfeld too. I think didn't Seinfeld <laughs> have an episode where George uh, just complained about everything? That's how he he got kind of got ahead by just disagreeing, complaining, you know, kind of doing the like, opposite. Yeah. The opposite. It's just being totally, I mean, so between Tole and, uh, and Seinfeld, I think we pretty much have this one nailed down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Bob, you're in this situation a lot. I mean, it, it sounded like that's where the question came from. So you, you straddle a fence. You said you can get them, you can see both sides. Do, do you get a sense that one side is better than the other? Or do you really, do you actually sit like, like in the middle where you can, you can see, you can see up and down at the same time, you know, and there, there's no difference to you. It's like, yeah, I, I could go either way. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I, I think that's probably my ego to think like, oh, I'm better than everyone else. So I can, I, I'm this visionary that can see both sides. Certainly there's issues where I might be compassionate about one side versus the other. But like one, for instance, here in Atlanta is the the Black Lives Matter. You know, um, it, 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 it seems like some of these things, they're divided by like your political affiliation or, you know, your religious beliefs or, you know, you know, even that the whole, you know, ISIS thing. It's like, you know, people talk about like they're right, they're wrong and there's no gray in between except saying, well, mm-hmm. I understand. I mean, and that's even a more difficult situation than the 
you know, in either one of those with between the cops and the and, um, you know, some of those things and, and the protest here in Atlanta, you know, so many people would sit back and say, well, what are they doing? They should get a job. Why are they down there? Why are they protesting? And and, you know, even some of the protesters didn't necessarily know why they were there either. But, you know, you know, that that's a different situation. But I, I think some of it is this. It's a defense mechanism in, in terms of the bitching and complaining. It's a control thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It seems like some in some cases people aren't clear where to turn to. Um, like I said, we have a, in our county, we have like a message board that's just, and some people put things out there like, hey, does anybody know a great restaurant I can get Italian food tonight? And those are nice. But then half the people are like, I was driving home today and uh, this cyclist was in front of me and why do they think they have rights? Like they should not take up the entire road. And then the, the cyclist community chimes in and like, you're an idiot. You shouldn't be driving your car. You should have a bike, you know. And it's like, but there's nothing, there's never any middle ground between those two. There's always two opposing views. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with Trump and Clinton, right? I mean, it's it's like Mike said, it's like, it's not like, hey, here's what I stand for. And, you know, and she's a wonderful woman. If you like that, go over there. But here's what I have to offer. No, it's all about she's a liar and, you know, Hillary and all this, you know, it's just I'm so frustrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I feel like I just need to meditate and go on an island somewhere and 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 not be mm-hmm. around the people that bitch and complain. And then even right. you know even not to point fingers at like friends and family, but I kind of shy away from that. If people are, you know, it's that whole adage of, you know, you can bitch and complain if you have a a solution to the problem. You know, I say the same thing at work. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come into my office and and present me with an issue. But don't come in there unless you've got three or four recommendations. You know, Bob, I'm really upset about this, and here's what I think we can do. Here's option A, B, and C. What do you think? I like that, but I hate it when people just throw their hands up and like, I don't know, why are they doing this? And it seems like a deflection of, I don't have the answer, so I'm just going to bitch and complain about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, our conversation is making me think about when I read an article on a controversial issue and then I read the comments and it is just, there's so much vitriol. It's like, well, John C. is an idiot. Well, blah, blah, blah. Mm. and you just see these people have their values so tied up in this issue that if everything is sort of a personal affront. It's, sure. you know, people are really... Mm really engaged in these issues and they bitch and they complain and they take offense and it's because yeah. the self is really tied up in all of it with all the examples that we're talking yeah. about well i could even you sometimes could, you i could, read these and have to just look away because it gets so ugly yeah the best right. part is when you complain about something and then it it stems from the original issue to me attacking you because of your spelling mistakes <laughs> right. you know totally <laughs> yes yes yeah so the thing I was thinking, Bob, is, you know, we talked about this before uh, as a group, and I think we even talked about it on one of the podcasts, is how much of our life is driven by fear, you know, and, I, and there's studies that we've, we've read and I've looked at that say 80% or more of the decisions we make in life come out of fear. And if that's true, you know, and I think there is some truth for me, certainly, when I look around at the people here, um, then like we we're saying earlier, that what's the fear? The fear that I'm not going to be right, the fear that I'm going to be less, the fear that I'm going to lose myself somewhere in the process. And so I, I think what happens, I see the edge. I see where it starts to erode a little bit. And then the stupidest thing, like you said, Bob, a spelling mistake. If I can win with that spelling mistake, I keep my border kind of really safe. But if you start to come through that and I, I'm not a very good speller, next thing you know, I'm not a very good 
communicator. Next thing you know, I'm not a very good person. Next thing you know, I'm going to hell. You know, it's like, wait, wait, hold on a second. It came from a spelling mistake. So I, I see that coming and I kind of plug the dike right away to say, I'm a good speller. You know, I might not be the best speller, but I'm a good speller. And mm-hmm. I think that fear of what might that lead to the next thing keeps mm-hmm. me kind of pushing things out to say, no, I was right there and almost want to prove that I'm right. You know, again, bitch, complain, whatever it is, but push back really hard out of fear. Mm-hmm. You, you know, this uh, this reminds me of something that just happened just the just two days ago, three days ago, something like that. Somebody that I'm friends with on on Facebook is like a fervent Donald Trump supporter, right? And I don't think I, I'm going too far out on a limb to say I'm not exactly a Donald Trump supporter, right? Uh, and and so every day there's like another like internet meme or something that he's posting that's just that I just see is is either repulsive or bigoted or something that I just I is not in in my frame of reference is good at all. But uh, he also posted some other internet meme the other day that that was one of these sort of typical ones that you see like a big long list of how to live your life, and it's the kind of stuff like. Uh, be kind, be kind to people who are unkind, help others that need help, uh, listen more, talk less, all of those kinds of things. And I thought to myself, you know, I have all of those things. I would I would agree on all of those, right? So at some point, there's a layer underneath this, you know, the, the hardened shell layer of Trump, Clinton, Gary Johnson, you know. <laughs> That that underneath there, there's something that we have in common. You know, like the the complaint is just part of that hard shell, part part mm-hmm. of the thing that we don't share, right? Mm-hmm. But there is something we do, we absolutely share. So it, it, you know, the of course with all of our obvious questions, I'm always looking for the okay. So what do I do about it, right? So yeah, people complain. Yeah, it's about their ego. So what? So where am I in it? How can I make it better? How can I make you know, myself better? And I think in this one, where where I'm going is, I have to find that that place where we agree and i may have to d- go really deep or 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 go really far away you know to it's the things like well we both would be kind to a puppy right who would be unkind to a puppy there's something there you know there's something yeah. about about us both right and i can start i can start to build on that and maybe maybe at some point if i can build a relationship with that person based on that i can understand more about where they're coming from and why they differ so strongly that from me on on these other things like presidential candidates i I don't know but for me i gotta get under the ego Mm -hmm. in myself too. recognize that i'm everybody's guilty in it Mm. right you know mike it's funny i was thinking as you were saying that and i thought about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about making decisions out of fear or reacting out of fear the alternative to that of course is responding or reacting out of love and i think that that's exactly what you're talking about you know we can either do the knee jerk competitive ego driven reaction or we can dig deep and respond and react with love look for common ground like you're talking about and make yeah. that our paradigm. Yeah, you said the whole thing much, much nicer <laughs> in a lot less time. You know, really, you're much more efficient. But do, you, do you think this is a personal responsibility thing? Like we can control our re- own reactions and say, well, you know, I'm not a bitching and complaining kind of person. I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to act out of love and, and loving kindness. 
but can you shift the other party? Because that seems to be at least part of my frustration that mm-hmm. I, I can step away from it, but I'm frustrated by why are all these other people bitching and complaining and how do mm-hmm. they see the light or is it, you know, they're just going to be angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that we can all take responsibility by through our modeling and maybe that's all we can do is try to model a loving, non-fear-based reaction. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Th- I'm not sure what else. Mm-hmm. It's funny to right. say yes. the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, but I didn't have that word model in my head. I had the picture more of, you know, give me an example. Show me an example of how this plays out because it, the words are great. And, I, and like Mike, I, when you say things and it, it just is concise and gets to the moment, and I think, yeah, why didn't, why didn't I say that? I wasn't even thinking that way at the moment. Love, do what I love. But then I, I say, so now, Joe, look at an example in your life where you've done something like that. And it's funny. That I wouldn't necessarily term it love. Maybe I would. Maybe there'd be a moment when I would. But mostly it's about out of the other person's best behalf, on behalf of the other person more so than mine, which I think is mm-hmm. love is tied in there somewhere. But mm-hmm. but doing it that way, and in your case, Bob, like if I were, <laughs> you're in some crazy places with you know, some of these arguments. Like I don't, I don't live that life. I'm not that involved with like the tennis club and all this other stuff you get involved with. So I don't hear a lot of this kind of stuff. I'm mean, used to hear it at work a lot, but not not so much now. So I can only imagine what it would be like for you to be in one of these sessions and actually be able to totally overcome whatever that is that you hear bitching and complaining and turn it into people struggling, you know, and, and care enough in a way, like Tani said, to to love the situation, love the people enough to say, I get it. I mean, these guys are struggling. And then somewhere to come alive with this this spark, whatever, that says, I can help this. I can I can be the one who sees through all this and does something in a positive way that that demonstrates love or demonstrates an approach that isn't there right now. Instead of the you know that picture of two heads banging or something like that, you've got someone standing there going, "Can we can we look at this a different way?" and and actually do it not to win, like not to say, "Well, I believe side A has got the right answer and work towards that," but rather to say, "These people are struggling." And and Tanny, you, you mentioned you you do counseling and stuff, so I imagine you're in that role kind of all the time, trying to figure out how to get people to stop literally swinging at each other and kind of. Mm-hmm have a conversation and and love when it comes through probably makes all the difference I would imagine that would change everything yeah I, I often ask people to try to get beneath their anger and dig for a deeper more tender layer and try to respond to one another with tenderness with kindness with compassion and that's when we can connect and find common ground mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of taking a folding chair and hitting it over somebody in the head, like Jerry Springer, like, you know, like, <laughs> bam. Yeah. Or that. Jerry Springer. Or that. Or that. Yeah. Plan B. Sometimes that feels good, want. guys. I mean, <laughs> I want to be at one of Bob's meetings and yeah. see this actually play out. Well, I think, I think this has been a great, great conversation. And I think we're kind of approaching that point of kind of wrapping things up. And, um, you know, so, so now as we wrap up, you know, think of yourself as that five or six year old answering that question, you know, why, why do, why do, why do dad or mom, they wouldn't use this term, but why do they bitch and complain? You know, so we'll get some final gathered thoughts here. I want to answer right away because I, yeah, I've thought a lot about this. I was with my grandkids uh, for two weeks this uh, past three weeks, actually, but for two weeks of the three weeks and, and they range in age from six to, uh, to 13. I've got a teenager now and uh, the answer is simple for me. They would say it because they don't get it. They don't understand. I mean, they might do it. Kids have a way of kind of interacting with each other. You know that old story that the kids fight, the parents get involved, the kids make up, the parents never make up. 
you know, there's that that image of like kids are smarter than that. They don't have any reason to bitch and complain. Their life is they only see the good stuff or they only see they don't see the they don't have all the history and all that junk that comes with it. So that for me, the simple answer to that one, Bob, is that the six year old, the seven year old, the eight year old, I saw them, you know, for a couple of weeks and and they don't they don't get it because they don't get it. They just don't have the experience. They don't have the history and they they move through things. And well, one minute they might be at each other's throat. And it's just what happened in the moment. Somebody pissed somebody else off, but then they're right back on track with having fun. They, mm-hmm. they don't get that the world is supposed to be serious, which mm-hmm. I don't think there's any proof the world is supposed to be serious. I don't think there's a one bit of scientific fact that says we're supposed to be serious human beings. That's part of our role. But somehow we've taken on that role. They're in the other place where life is supposed to be fun and they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So they just keep falling into it, which, yeah. by the way, is great therapy for me. <laughs> it works out <laughs> great for me. Sometimes I look at my kids and I envy them because their identities aren't all wrapped up in these issues. They're just having fun. They're relaxed. They're they're in the moment. And I think that that's what we should all try to aspire to, you know, put our egos down a little bit, live in love and be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I I. I, for one, have to recognize when I'm complaining, I'm doing it, you know, not from the best place and not from the best place I can be. And so, I, you know, I'm every bit as guilty as, as anyone I would accuse out there of being a jerk complainer, because I do it, you know, I do it too. I may do it in a way that that I think somehow, sub, you know, subverts, you know, it being uncool, like the way I complain is a cool way to complain, you know, but it's all the same. I'm just building my own my own case, my own ego, and 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 there's no compassion, there's no empathy for the other side. And if I can recognize it in the moment, then maybe I can begin to dissolve it. Great. Well, thank you yeah. all. This has been a, a great episode. No complaints here from me. Uh, <laughs> check in with our listeners, though. You can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. And, uh, you know, engage with us on Facebook. That's a great place. Or go to theobviousquestion.wordpress.com. Love to hear what you have to say. But maybe in this case, instead of dropping us a review, maybe drop us a complaint. I'd I'd love to hear about (laughs) you bitching and complaining about something we said. Or maybe you disagree with something that we've said. But uh, let's let's talk. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, totally. A a nice five-star complaint. Yeah, there you You go. You know? (laughs) Really?